Ready to boost sales and grow your business without the BS? Welcome to the Business Growth Show. I'm Sam Dunning, a digital marketing, sales, and business growth evangelist. Tune in and subscribe today as I'll be interviewing business leaders, experts, and entrepreneurs from around the globe. We'll be sharing actionable tips across marketing, sales, and growth without the BS to help you skyrocket your business. And welcome back to a fresh episode of the Business Growth Show. Excited to be joined by Marcus Chan today. Marcus is the founder over at Venley Consulting Group. He helps B2B sales professionals sell more and sell better without needing years of experience through his coaching and his training programs. Marcus, second time back on the show. How are you doing, mate? Hey, you know what? I'm so good. I'm so I'm so happy you did not ban me after the first episode. So I'm <laughs> super happy you invite me back for round two. We're gonna have a lot of fun today. I can't wait. Looking forward to it, dude. So today's topic, we've been talking all about how business owners, how sales reps, how we all can shorten our sales cycle in 2021. We're gonna be talking through kind of how we can overcome the the dreaded um stallings, when prospects go dark, when prospects go quiet, how we can keep opportunities moving nice and smoothly from from start and and to end to, to successful closing, winning the business, and also if we can get to overcoming common objections. Um, but I'd love to start off with Marcus, which is something I'm sure we all get frustrated with from time to time. Why do why why do so many deals? Why do they go quiet? Why do they get stalled? Why do they get put on hold? From your experience, why why is this such a common thing to happen? Yeah. So I think, you know, first off, when you when you look at a sales process or really just anything in general, like success leaves clues, failure leaves clues, deals that stall leave clues. And if you had deals stall before, that's okay. It happened. It's a very real thing. And the key is is taking a look back to deals that have stalled, maybe deals that you even lost and seeing and asking yourself, why are some of these dull deals stalling? And there's some really common re- things I see quite often, right? Like one of the most common ones, especially if you're selling to a mid-sized to a larger, like larger deal, is not really properly navigating the decision-making process, not knowing who is all involved, their level impact, their level influence, how they make decisions, and what that actually looks like. That's one super common one because right there, if you don't do a good job on the front end and you are presenting and pitching and working the wrong person then your chances of closing that deal do go down because you are talking to the wrong people. So that's number one, making yep. sure that you are talking to the right people and you're navigating that process early on. That's the first thing. The second thing that I see it happens quite often is not enough of the right work is done on the front end. Okay. okay? And, and, and what I mean by that is, you know, a lot of times I see sales professionals, they kind of do a, an average to mediocre discovery. So they think they have an idea about needs, and then they try to pitch to those needs. But if you don't do a good job with the discovery, truly uncovering the needs of that person you're meeting with, but also all the other decision makers, how you present your offer, your pitch, your demo is drastically impacted. Because if, say, for example, let's just say there's five people in the decision-making process, and each of them have their own five pieces of criteria. So really there's like 25 different things you got to make sure you can really hit on for all, you know, for all those people. If you only did an average discovery on the front end, you may only present to three of those things they need and you may not even realize it. And here's the thing that's really tricky is sometimes even with those other decision makers and what they want, even the primary decision maker, they may not know those either yet. They may not know the criteria until you ask them. But they don't know what they don't know. So they don't, they, they themselves do not have clarity. So as you progress in the deal cycle, 
they're just unsure. Sure. They're unsure if what you can what you are selling them can actually fulfill what they're looking for. Okay. Because when you think about it, you know, when someone's looking to partner up with you for a business, they're asking themselves a couple a couple of questions. Number one, does what you do actually work? You know, like for, for your business, does does, the, does it actually work? Does SEO actually work? Okay, they want to know. Number two, will it work for them? Okay, you know, and, and number three, it, are they can get value out of it. Is it truly worth it? If they pay you X dollars, will they get at least that, if not more, back by spending that much money with you? And if you can't, if they can't answer those questions, it's unlikely they're going to want to move forward with you. So those are probably the most common questions, common issues I see that yeah. really leads us deals stalling. Yeah, I'm I'm completely with you that discovery is a really really key part of the sales process, and in my opinion, I think it's one of the most important because if you miss stuff, just like you said, if you miss stuff early on, it's going to come and back and bite you in the ass probably towards the end of the deal. It's when it comes to right. closing because you've missed out quite like you said in point one, you might not have identified who's involved in the decision process. You might not have identified clear kind of problems or pains they're having or kind of goals where they want to get to. Is there putting this into a tangible format without going down too much of a rabbit hole about discovery as we've covered it on past episodes but is there a simple or simple framework or key few questions and i know this is going to vary from sector to sector marcus that you really mm-hmm. think if you don't do x y and z on discovery then you're doomed you're, you're going to 100 fail the deal <laughs> but if you do follow this simple framework then the chances are you're going to be a lot more successful on the back end when it comes to actually asking for the business yeah, hundred percent, right? So, um, so we'll go through a couple of different things. You can definitely understand the front end, right? And and, and the reason before I go into it, the reason why this is so important is, you know, because even if you have a really you know great decision maker who's definitely working with you and they're very interacting with you, if you miss some of these core questions on the front end, that yes, they might meet with you more. Yes, they might have other calls. But every the more steps you add, the more friction there is to that deal closing. It doesn't mean that every deal is a one call close, but if you can cut your sales cycle down from having say. 20 steps down to 10 steps or five steps, you will mm. be better off on the long run because the more steps you add, the more friction there is, the more chances your deal has to go sideways. Now, sometimes you can't avoid it. It just it is what it is. But it's one of those things where it's it's kind of like this. It's kind of like if you a picture of discoveries like this, it's like you're about to make a delicious meal, you know, at your house. So you make sure you have all the ingredients in your fridge, in your pantry, in your cupboard, so you're ready to make a delicious recipe. Now, if you don't have those ingredients and you're like, okay, you start making dinner. Oh, you know what? I need this spice. So you race to the store. Okay. Now you're wasting time. You come back. Oh, you know what? I now need this vegetable. Now you go back to the store again and you come back. Oh, I need this and go back. And now suddenly that dinner that would have taken you 20 minutes to make takes you two, three hours to make because you're, you keep go back and forth and a sales cycle is no different. You know, if you could have closed that one or two uh, calls and you, you don't do a good job on the front end, now you're going back and forth, emails, calls, texts, Zoom calls, back and forth, and now your deal cycle gets, gets spread out for months. And that's not including any internal things that company may have going on. That's not including marketplace conditions and have stuff going on that can delay your sales process, okay? So that's the first thing you gotta understand, okay? Does that, that, that make sense so far? I love that analogy. That's one of the best yeah. analogies I've actually heard when yeah. it comes to discovery. I love the linking yeah. it to ingredients, linking it to making a meal and forgetting certain yes. things and you have to waste time. And yeah, it's, yeah. it's really nicely put. Yeah, so so now when you go into the discovery, um, and I think, I think the first off, even before the discovery, you know, Hopefully, if you did a good job on the initial first outreach, you know, on the phone, uh, you know, on the email, whatever, you are making sure they're at least pre-qualified. 
So when you get into a discovery, you know, you know, you have the primary decision maker or one of the high level influencers in that business that can help you make a decision. Okay. And you also have an idea who's all involved. That's the first thing you want to do because like, your sales cycle begins before you even have, before you even have that first meeting with them. So it's super valuable to do the research on the front end. Good, good point. Um, and before we even get into that, if we haven't discovery calls, because you mentioned quite rightly then, Marcus, because I've I've had troubles with this in the past. I've booked up discovery calls with prospects, perhaps talked about where they are now, where their problems, where they want to get to. And then we get towards the end. I talk about perhaps budget timeline, and they either have a really, really small budget that we can't even work with, or their time frame's ridiculous and we can't work with that either, or there's just variations out of our control. So do you advise before we even get to a initial discovery call that could take 20 or so minutes mm -hmm. that we actually clearly advise perhaps whether it's our budget range starts from this or our investment with us starts from X to, to Y to Z and typical deliveries like that just so we're making kind of best use of our time, our prospects time, but at the same time not putting them off too much. I mean, I guess there's a bit of a balance. You've got to strike with this, right? Yeah, great question, right? So this is actually why, um, yeah, for sure, um, you know, I, I like things like, you know, Bant and stuff like that. That can be definitely very useful, right, in terms of, you know, doing that on the first call. But I think you'd be really careful as well because if you if – you, um, let's just say, for example, if the investment to work with your company is $30,000 and there's no real rapport or trust there. They haven't really seen value with you yet. And depending on your marketplace presence – and you get on the call with them, on the first call with them, and you're booking that time. They're cool. See you there. You're like, hey, cool. Couple questions. Number one, do you have 30k in capital ready to rock? Well, they might be like, whoa, hold on, hold on, hold on. You know, like they're like a little scared off right there, right? Um, so you know, if you were going to ask a question like that, and you want to make sure that you actually have some funds, because here's the thing. Here's the thing about budgets. Okay, this is what people don't realize there's still money there, but it's going somewhere else. You can reallocate budgets. If you are the true final decision maker, you can always move funds. That's just what happens. Okay. That's what happens. Like the, the ultimate decision maker, the, what I call the, the economic buyer, right? The economic buyer is the only person that can say no and everyone says yes. And if everyone else says no, they can say yes. They can veto everyone out. All right. If they said, hey, the budget for, you know, for what, you know, for your X offer or your X, you know, for our budget for SEO this year is $30,000. They can say, you know what, gone. Or they can say, you know what, no, nope, we're going to take some funds over here, and now it's 50. So now you, you can start, they can, they can move money around. So that's why the budget thing you have to be kind of careful with because you may uh, disqualify too early on before you have the opportunity to really uncover what they need yeah, and, and how they do things. It's a tough one. And it's always, yeah. it is, isn't it? Because sometimes you've got to have these conversations, you've got to uncover certain issues that might then lead your prospect to think, yes, this really is worth investing in. Yes. It's like, how do I make best use of my time? I don't think there's one right answer, really, whether to qualify too early or to have the conversation. It's, I guess it's all about striking the balance. Yeah, so let's talk about that, right? So I'll say, say on the first call, before you get into the, the, the disco, if you will, you know, hmm. when you qualify them, I personally like to qualify just to make sure that at least they are the right person, at the very minimum, okay? Hey, yeah. listen, so, hey, Sam, um, you know, I know we're going to see a lot of value in this meeting. Aside from yourself, if, if, it's, if it's a good fit to move forward in the process, is anybody else going to be part of this meeting to move this move this ball down the field? Or something along those lines. They say, oh, no, it's just me. Okay, cool. Perfect. Hey, looking forward to seeing them. Boom, done. I'm good there. Okay? So now at least, because here's the thing. The primary decision maker is a person that can make shifts. Okay? Budget, anything else, needs, et cetera, right? So they, if, they, if, if what you're offering is maybe a new way of doing things, they may have zero budget. 
meaning they need to create a budget for that. And that's okay. That's okay. Or they go get funding. Okay. People get funding all the time. Okay. <laughs> like, like people forget, like you can go get funding. If it's a value, it's going to help their business. They go get funding. All right. Like for example, I have people that get, they go my, they go my programs, they get funding. They go to banks, they sell their cars, they sell Bitcoin off to join my programs, right? Because they understand it's an investment. So that's, it's no different. So, so now when you, when you get into that disco, once you're on the disco, okay, um, you'd often go through kind of the typical kind of rapport questions when you kind of start off. Uh, you should definitely set up, you know, some sort of upfront agenda or a, some sort of agenda or, you know, agreement upfront to really set the tone of how the call is going to go. Uh, and I think first off, it's there's a couple of things you want to understand. You, you do want to, if you did, you should, you should have research on the business beforehand. So you should have an idea what the business is all about. Okay. Like, you know, what, what have you seen on their website? What have you seen on social media? Have there been press releases? What's important to them? You should have at least an idea. And your goal is just to quickly validate quickly what those ideas are. So understanding, you know, number one, you know, first you want to know, hey, what are their goals? What do they really want to accomplish the business? This is important because your solution needs to align to that, right? What does that person you're talking to, what are their needs, wants, and desires for the business? Where do they want to go? Why is that important to them? Okay. That's really, really important right from there. You also want to cover what are they currently doing for whatever solution you're offering? Do they do it in-house? Do they do nothing? Do they have someone else? That's no problem, okay? And, and the goal here is just, you just want to know what, what's their ex exact status? What are they currently doing, okay? So where are they right now? Yep. Where do they want to go with that? Where's, is, there's there's got to be some sort of gap. Can it, is it, is it, it's either pain, it's not getting fulfilled, or it's not getting the result they want, you know, which could also be a pain as well. So where is the gap from where they are from the, what they're using to where they want to go, okay? So you want to cover basically what, how you can basically fulfill it. You also want to cover any type of potential, depending on how, how technical what you sell is, the specifications that you actually need. All right. So the things like if you were if you were to put together a proposal on the spot, do you have all the details? Sure. It's really important. Right. So just to hone in on that a bit more, yeah. Marcus. So understanding someone's current state, that's fine. You can just like you said, you quite rightly you yeah. can ask kind of what are they doing yeah. to tackle X now? And it might be they've got a solution in place. It might be they haven't, might be they're just thinking about it. Um, and understanding why that's important. When it comes to, like Keenan coined, creating the gap between where they are now, their mm -hmm. current state and their future state, where they want to get to, or the problem or the issue, or what's really grinding their gears because they can't get to a certain revenue goal or they can't get to the growth goal where they want to exit the company. What's one of the best ways to frame that instead of just saying, hi, customer, what's your problem? Have you got a good way to... I know, again, it's going to vary from industry, but is there a nice way that we can rework, like, what is the issue you're having with X or where do you want to get to with X? Is there a, is there a good yeah. way that we can kind of position that? Keep, keep I think it keep, it's keeping it really simple, right? So if you start off with something like, hey, you know, hey, Sam, you know, um, I, I, I took a look at your website. I'm so impressed you've won this award, this award, this award. I saw all that. So when you look at your business, obviously you've been very successful. Where do you see your business going in the next three to five years? So now you're, you're right there. You're, you're giving the future pace a little bit. Get them to think about the future state. Hmm, you know what? I want to um, triple the size of my business. You know, I want to have uh, operations all over here, here, here. That sure. sounds brilliant. Uh, and, and what are some uh, what are some of your plans to get there? Mm -hmm. So now you're just uncovering what the plans are. And what you're really looking for are potential areas where maybe your solution can help fulfill that, right, if you will, or at least align to get into that, that point, okay? Or maybe they haven't thought to that, and that's okay. 
right? And then uh, you start uncovering, you know, whatever what they're currently using. If it's SEO, hey, what are you currently doing for, you know, website optimization, you know, you know, search optimization? What are you currently doing? Oh, you know, we're, we have in-house Kai. We, we're kind of doing this. Okay, cool. So now you, you understand where they're at, okay? And then you can just start digging a little bit deeper, you know. Um, how, why is that important to you? How does it help your business? So it's important to understand why they even have something in place and how it actually helps them. And the sure. reason this is really important, this drives into their buying behavior and modes. Because this will tell you, they'll say, well, the reason we hired an SEO person is because we want to make sure that uh, we're ranked on the first page. Okay, cool. And why is that important to you? Well, because uh, when, pe- when we're ranked on the first page, when, when people Google us for plumbers, or what I was making something up, plumbers, that were the, the first place to show up in uh, Portland, Oregon. Hmm. Okay, and why is that important to you? Well, we want this is how we get business because people Google it all the time. So we want to be the first one to the first call because we know it's all about timing. Because if they call on the plumber, whoever answers first usually gets the job. Mm. And why is that important to you? Well, we get more business. Okay, cool. So that and is that going to help you reach the, the goals you have in three to five years? It is beautiful. So digging now deep. You're, you're, digging you're deep. digging deep and you're mapping out, you're really uncovering what why it's there. Now, then you start digging a little deeper. It's like, okay, cool. Now, if it's something like, like that, it's such an easy Google search on, on the spot, right? You could be like, okay, let's just look you up real quick. Wow, okay, so I see right now you guys are on page nine. <laughs> okay, what are some things you guys are doing to get yourself? I was going to say, probably don't laugh when you're on the phone. Like, <laughs> yeah, don't, don't laugh on the phone, right? But you, you get my point, right? Yeah. Um, now, if it's not as visible like that, and, you know, and, and some people say, hey, you know, how, you know, like, you know, how can your, you know, your current vendor improve? You know, you know, what do you not like about them? Eh, if they're really tied to their vendor, they're not going to tell you. That can give you much. Sure. So your goal is just to open up a, a little bit and you can have simple basic framework questions. It might sound something. Hey, listen. So uh, I know you have this vendor for, you know, X amount of time. You know, what are three things that you would like them to do more of for you? What are mm-hmm. three things that can really improve on for you? Like what are it. some areas you really want to expand on so you can get potentially a better result? So you're not you're not necessarily dissing them, but you're uncovering where are they and where do they where do they personally actually want them there? Okay. Yeah. And obviously, depending on the conversation, if they're like, it's like, oh, we had them for a year, but you know, we're just we're just not happy. Okay, tell me a little more about that. That's 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 an open that's an opening right there. All right. Now you're not always that lucky. Sometimes they're if depending on how how warm it is, they might be a little resistant. So that's why it's having those softer opening questions can open them up to where, they, where they're going to go. And then whatever they say, digging deeper. Why is that important to you? You know, hey, you know, we're not we're not really happy with, and it could be somebody just told you, you know, what you think is irrelevant. It'd be like, oh, we don't like how they're not responsive. Okay, tell me a little more about that. Well, sometimes response times are just, um, you know, take too long. And what do you mean? Well, we'll send them an email about a question, and they'll get back to us. Okay, well, tell me a little more about that. And this is also really important for you because you can qualify and disqualify them because if they say something like, well, I email them and it takes them at least 10 minutes to get back to me. Oh, okay. Well, all right. Well, you might just be a high maintenance customer. You might not be a good fit, right? Like I might just have to cut you out right here, right? And with that, you know, said, they, with yeah. that said, Marcus, because this is great. This is all really useful stuff on how we can open up our prospects. Business Growth Show is sponsored by Vidyard. In today's digital world, Getting the attention of key prospects can be a tricky task. Emails and phone calls are often ignored and meeting up in person is rarely an option. And that's exactly why tools like Vidyard have become so effective. Vidyard is a free app 
that makes it easy to record and send custom video messages that truly stand out and generate more responses. It's a great way to introduce yourself, to showcase your personality, and to create a more personal connection from your very first outreach. You can sign up for your own free account today at vidyard.com forward slash BGS to start sending your very own video messages. That's vidyard.com forward slash BGS. The show is also sponsored by Web Choice. Are you tired of hunting for clients? You could be missing out on regular inbound opportunities all because your website isn't on the first page of Google. Perhaps you're already spending money on marketing, but your website is failing to convert your hard-earned visitors into a consistent flow of leads and sales. Want to learn more about WebChoice's unusual approach that brings idle clients straight to you? Book a free digital marketing assessment today at webchoiceuk.com. That's webchoiceuk.com. So the old old saying, people buy with emotion and then justify it with logic. Are there certain things we should be listening for when we're asking these questions, when we're really trying to open them up and get to the root cause of their problems, where they want to get to and so on? Should we be listening to the tone of their voice? And if, if there's kind of frustrations, like, like you said there, so, and I promise I'm not paying Marcus to talk about SEO. He's, he's picked that yeah. off the top of his mind. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it just worked out. It just worked out, right? Yeah. It's working out nicely. Um, but yeah, when, when, we, when we're digging deep and they're perhaps saying like, this is an issue because of this. And in this case, the person wanted to be page one of Google and they need to be that because people typically, if they're looking for a service, will call the first one. If we can hear in their voice that they're perhaps getting more frustrated, is that a good sign? Or are there certain things we should be listening out for where we can kind of really pin in that these are key pain points and we need to hone in on this when it comes to our presentation or our proposal? Great point. So when you hear that, um, you want to open that more. All right. And I want you to picture it's, it's like this. This is a bit, a bit of a graphic example. So, you know, earmuffs if you don't like graphic examples. But anyways, so when you when you hear that type of frustration or even in the, the choice, they the word choices they use, those are signs to you. They may have deeper things on their mind. They maybe are thinking about, but have not verbalized quite yet. You know, so, for example, if we said the customer support thing, if you know, like, you know, sometimes, you know, there's sometimes you know, they're not responsive. It's annoying. Okay, that tone shift and even that word annoying, hmm, suddenly that, that's a, that should be a trigger, okay? And I want you to picture those type of things as it's, it's like a little wound, okay? It's a little cut. It's that cut that bothers them. Like I would cut my fingers, a cut that bothers them. But they may not have done anything yet to change their situation to improve situation. So your job as a sales professional is to now open that wound up. Right, you want to stick your fingers inside that wound and rip it open. All right, and you want to take your handful of rock salt and rub it inside. Okay, inside <laughs> the wound, and now it's bleeding everywhere. Okay, because then as a result, now they're gonna take action. They're gonna do something. They're gonna get mo- emotional, and that's okay. You want that now? Do it. Don't don't be a jerk face about this. Be a pro. Be a pro about this. Now I exaggerate a little bit, but my point is, now it's like okay, wow. You know what? Your goal is you need them to realize they need to take action because. If, if it's annoying, so why is that annoying? So let's say it's a week, okay? So, okay, so if they say, oh, it's, it takes a week to get back to them, wow, that's, uh, that's really frustrating. So, man, how does that make you feel? Oh, it's terrible. Well, how does it impact you? Well, it's bad. How does it impact you? Well, shoot, like, you know, if the, if the words on our website are wrong, customers see that. We look unprofessional. We could lose business. Wow. And, and how many customers do you think potential customers see your site every day? Hundreds. So you're telling me hundreds of people see your site every single day with the, the, the misspelling. Is that right? Yes. Wow. And how that impacts your company, if you just even lost one deal a month off this, 
Well, one deal is like twenty thousand. So you lost one deal on twenty thousand. So that's two hundred and forty thousand dollars potential loss. But is that right? Yeah. Oh yeah. So now suddenly that little wound is tangible and surreal. And, and what I like, it. what I really like, Mark, what? is this: you're you're never putting words into the prospect's mouth either. You're getting right. them to literally say each part. So Correct. they're uncovering it for themselves. You're That's not right. saying this is a problem. You're getting them to open up. You're just simply That's asking it. the questions, right? That's right. So, so now they themselves are fully aware of their own issues. They just didn't know, okay? They just didn't know. It's no different than when you go to the doctor, you're feeling okay. You go, oh, I'm, I'm fine. And then they take a look at some sort of measurement. They look at something, look at a mole on your body. They're like, oh my, what is that? You, you need to go get that removed immediately. And you're like, what? Like, that looks weird. You got to get that cut out ASAP. <laughs> Okay. Wow. Okay. I bet I better go right now. There's urgency. I got to go. Right. You know, I exaggerated a little bit, but my point is it's no different in the sales process, especially if you are selling something that's really, let's call it, it can be commoditized, if you will. Right. Like if you're selling, like uh, I talk to people in cybersecurity all the time, you know, it's like, it, it's on the IT director. It can get commoditized, if you will. People that sell, you know, telecommunication, same thing. Right. So, in those types of situations, you have to be able to create that pain urgency, okay, which also helps with your sales cycle. So, because here's the thing: again, if there's no pain, there's no future opportunity. Because there's, there's really two there's two modes that people can be in that, that make them take action. Okay, so they're either in growth mode, the business is growing, they need to have a solution. That's a great place to be in. That's a great business to work with. Okay, this is why people love to work with startups or find startups because like, if they're well funded, they're growing. They they need something. Okay, they may not have something in place, so it's easier to displace whatever they're currently doing and whatever they have already. The second one is uh, they're in trouble mode, meaning they're having issues, like they are having issues, and those are usually the ones that are the reach out on the website, the website leads. They reach out and because they're like, "Hey, I realize I got this problem and I need your help." Those are probably the two hottest modes to be in. Okay, then you have people that are neutral, which are like, "Yeah, whether I change or not." doesn't really matter. So your goal is to get to neutral, get them to trouble mode, okay, or get them to growth mode. It's really going to be a trouble mode. Then the worst one to, for them to be in is ego, meaning they believe whatever they're doing is the absolute best. They're like, no, I promise you, using pagers is the best way to communicate. There's no better way. We have to, they're like overconfident. That's ego mode. And those ones are very hard. So you can create a lot of pain to get them to that point, okay? You, you mop them uh, spilling so far. Does that make sense? Yeah, the only thing I wanted to raise was um, how do you know when to call it quits? So I, I'm, I appreciate this is going to be different for every case, yeah. but let's yeah. say we've attempted to dig a little deeper, but then we found there's no real pain, there's no real problem, there's no real um, fuel for growth. Mm -hmm. They don't seem that bothered. They don't seem that keen to grow with us or fix this problem. When do we know when to call it quits, in, in your opinion, Marcus? Yeah, great question. So... Um... Now, what you also wanted to double check as well is, did you also make sure you had the right people in play? Do you have the right players? Okay. Mm. We haven't got to that point yet. So, because yeah. if you're meeting with like a low-level decision maker who can't make any decisions, and they're like, meh, meh, meh. well, first off, you shouldn't have met with them. It's a waste of your time. But maybe you did accidentally. It happens, right? It's life. So, you want to make sure before you do all the stuff, you have all the right people in play, the right decision makers, you know, what's important to each of them. All the same questions we asked earlier, basically the same for them as well. Because each of them may have different requirements of what they want. This is all before you present anything, okay? So it's like you're getting all the all the ingredients to the recipe together, okay? So then at that point you can make a decision because you know it's like if you if you did not, right? Like let's just say for or maybe if you, if you let's say for example they are the right decision maker, 
but they're kind of just like meh. At that point, like they, if if you think they're at least relatively qualified, if you can, I would literally just like do a quick pitch on the spot. If there's interest, great. If there's not, move on. Like, don't spin your wheels with someone who's not going to really take the time. Don't chase them around. But sometimes, what some people are just no matter what questions you ask, no matter how perfect the process you run, they're just going to be kind of stonewalled till you show them something shiny. That happens. Now, hopefully. You did a good job in the, in the discovery. So they are open to seeing something shiny and they want to see something shiny. All right. So at that point, you know, after you get done with everything, you say, you can say, Hey, listen, okay, cool. So, you know, based on what you told me so far, you know, these are your goals. This is what, what you're looking for. And this yep. is what you be, if you make a switch, this is, what, this is what you want. Is that right? Yes, it is. Okay, cool. Hey, you know, like if you have a demo deck, just do a demo deck around right spot to show them real quick. Hey, you know what? Based on what you told me about your goals here, here's, I can help you and just go through them. Hit only things that are important to you. Don't don't present irrelevant things, and then just literally ask them. Hey, listen, like it just is for all this. Just, just have a ballpark. It'll be roughly ballpark. Uh, don't do proposal for someone like that. Hey, ballpark wise, it's gonna be like roughly like thirty grand. What do you think? Yeah, gauge, so gauge their feedback straight away. Just gauge their feedback. If they're like, oh wow, or like, actually, yeah, that's pretty reasonable. Okay, cool, awesome. Then they might say like. Well, let me think about it. Well, don't leave then. Okay, don't leave then. <laughs> All right. At that point, you really want to you before you leave. At that point, you really want to make sure: is it worth your time to continue to pursue? Are they just saying, oh, "Okay, cool, not bad"? Let me think about it. If they're just saying it to, be, to be nice, or are they truly actually interested? And they're just kind of you know the person that keeps cards close to their chest. So you just dive a little bit deeper. Hey, cool, awesome. So um, you know. Help me understand a little bit. That sounds great. Take as much time to think about as you want. What exactly do you need to think about? Break them down. Not break them down. Go deeper. Go deeper. Really uncover what's really on their mind. What are they really like? Do they do they truly want X offer? Yeah, because okay. I suppose on that note, Marcus, and we've all experienced it if we've done any kind of business or selling, there are kind of more analytical people that yep. do genuinely like to take things away and think about it. There are, on the other side of the coin, people that will say, I need to think about it because they do want to blow you off. Um, mm-hmm. They yes. might never work with you or they might take on the idea and try it themselves or whatever it may be they decide yeah. to do. Yes. So, yeah, I guess, guess to, to your point, it's, it's asking more questions. Is it just to kind of uncover what that think Don't about do. it really means? Isolate it down. Isolate exactly what they want to think about and what basically what are the obstacles that are holding you back from moving the deal forward? That's what you're looking for. What are the in? Because they may have internal objections or external objections. Okay, internal or maybe they're not sure about something, so you need to overcome it, right? Maybe or something external, external something outside of their control that maybe they're thinking about and how to overcome it. So you need you need to uncover what those obstacles are, those objections are, so you can show them why those do not cease to exist. That's really important. Okay. Now let's just say, for example, this is a great. Now do that first. Okay. But there's gonna still be a, a percentage of people. I'll call let's call ten percent people out there who are like still. I'm a think about a person. I just I never make decisions on the spot. And your goal is not to one call close. I mean, your goal is you're helping them mentally process a commitment, right? Hmm. Like whether you sign today or is irrelevant. It's really getting that to walk through mentally the commitment on their mind of choosing you as a vendor. So now at that point, if they're really a think about a person, you know, I, I, I it's very simple. I say, okay, cool. So. Um, you know, just so we're on the same page, you know, because maybe they're still not telling you what it is. You know, 
on a scale of say, you know, zero to a hundred, hundred percent, you know, how, uh, how are you feel about working with us? Give me a gauge here. Okay. Yep. And that's very powerful right there. Cause they'll, they'll tell you that they're like, Oh, you know, oh man, we're at least 50%, 50% (laughs) after my incredible presentation. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. 50%. Okay. Well, um, what can I, uh, show you or answer for you to get you from, you know, Maybe 52, let's call, I mean, ideally 100%, but at least higher, somewhere higher. What could I do? So you're getting them to mentally process now. Okay, you know what? Um, It's just, here's the thing. That 50, they might say the 50%, it's really nothing to do with you. I literally have to go to the bank. I watch your stuff. I have to get funding. That's it. If I get approved for funding, it's done. Oh, okay, cool. Awesome. Now we're having a conversation. Now we're having a business conversation. Cool. And when are you going to talk to the bank? I'm going to, after we get done, I'm going to go to bank. I'm going to go to the bank to deposit and I'm going to, I'm going to set up a time with them, you know, hopefully this week and this way I can get the loan, hopefully processed and approved. Okay. Beautiful. That sounds really good. So if I understand you right, you, um, you are going to work with us. You just want to get the loan approved first. Is that right? Yes. Okay, cool. What if the loan doesn't get approved? So now I'm, I'm planning other steps. Yeah. Oh, um, uh, if it doesn't get approved, then I can't work with you. Okay, well, tell me more. What do, what do you mean? Well, I mean, you know, uh, we just we don't have the funds for that. You know, we don't have thirty k in, uh, in capital working to, you know, to to drop right now. Okay, cool. So what do you have? Well, uh, I could probably you know start with ten k. Okay, cool. Um, what else? And how would you get the rest of twenty? I mean, if we can't get funding, then um, you know, if we could work out some sort of payment plan. Okay, cool. So uh, option one, you go get approved. Option two, we do 10K up front and then we do funding. Is that, is that or we, we do a payment plan? Is that fair? Yes. Beautiful. Okay, cool. So when are you gonna talk to the bank? Today? Okay, cool. Uh let's do this. Today is Thursday. Let's set up a time. Let's give you a little time to, to go to the bank, do all that stuff. Let's set up a time. Monday afternoon, one o'clock. You know, uh, I'll send you a zoom in by Raf get down with this. We jump on a zoom, we catch up, so just bring you up to speed on exactly what the, what the bank said, your pre-approval, all that stuff. And then from there, if you get approved, cool, we'll go from there. If you don't, We'll go ahead. We'll do. We'll wire the 10k that same day. We'll do the. We'll plan. our payment plan. We'll get you rocking that Monday. Is that cool? Beautiful. Done. Nice. Yeah, I love. I love the scale. Um, because like you said, it could be that they say a five or or less or more, and right. they bring up to the table. Well, actually, it's out of my hands. We're actually waiting for this investment. Um, or the bit the business in the process of selling or something completely out of your control that is totally. no way near so the deal's cut, totally stole so you just say look we'll pick it up in six months or on the other side of the <laughs> scale they could just say like you said we really want to do it i just need to check if i can get the funding or i need to get buy-in from the marketing director or we need to bring this person in or i need to see a man about a dog um <laughs> so like you said you're literally finding out exactly what you need to get it over the line and then booking in that next step as you as you mentioned yeah so pictures, it's like this. It's like you're on a road trip. You've gotten to your destination as far as you can go today. But you know you where you want to go at the end. Before you leave, before you just get your car to drive aimlessly and getting lost, all you want to do is get as much clarity as possible on Google Maps on how you get to the next step. And you also want to have contingencies in case, hey, what if uh, roads are closed, okay? What if there's a storm and this road's gone now? You know, like you want contingencies. Okay, plan A, plan B, plan C. So you're basically, it's like, it's like choose your own adventure, but now you know mm-hmm. how to walk through with them, okay? 
and that's a very powerful way. So I'll give you an example, right? So, um, you know, you know, I have this, uh, this opportunity. I was, I was working on this, this earliest week. You know, uh, I had a closing call for this Friday, right? And I told them there's really three outcomes. Number one, they they basically, you know, like you know, they get they get all their whole team into my program. You know, number two, we figure out a funding option. They can't do that. And then number three, they just tell me no. If they don't like me. That's fine. I said I really just one of three is good. They send me a note today. They say, hey, this one's been absolutely awesome. You know, we're just going to have to hold off right now because of whatever reason. We're going to go to number three. This is no. No problem. I'm good with that. <laughs> like now, I know I'm not, not going to waste my time with them. I'm not going to pass them. I'm not going to annoy them. Now we're just having a business conversation. So now when they're ready, they're going to hit me up, right? And that's okay. That My sales cycle just shortened drastically because now I know, well, I'm good. You know, and it's not going to be perfect every single time like that. I was not really perfect. I didn't, you know, didn't close them, obviously. But my point is, is you have clarity. And clarity is power. And as a business professional, sales professional, your time is your most valuable asset you have. So what you don't want to do is not do these steps. Because if you think about it, if you, if you do exactly what we discussed today, your sales cycle drastically cuts down massively. Because you're, control, you're making sure you have all the ingredients to bake your cake, to make your dinner, to make your dish in the kitchen. Shorten it down and then plan the next steps. And if you can't get to that close, that's no problem. Then you just put them into your hopper. You keep them warm. You nurture them. Maybe six months down the road, they come around. Who knows? But then you move on to the next one, and you just keep running the business. And when you do a good job consistently and you have a good pipeline, you never worry about those deals. You don't hold on to that one deal because you know you had a good conversation nine months ago. You don't because you have so many deals in the pipeline. It's not a big deal. Yep. Yeah, and that's that's. I mean, it's all great, all good stuff, Marcus. It's something when I when I first got into sales, which I've talked about on some episodes before. I was kind of afraid to to question prospects so deeply. But what you do, like we've like we've ran through today, is you really get a solid understanding of where they're at, if they have got any problems, if they have got growth aspirations, um, where they want to get to, if it's really worth them doing it, if they're if they're convinced that they want to get there, and if they're convinced that you can help them get there. And then kind of really digging deep when it comes to decision makers, when it comes to their problems, when it comes to their budgets, when it comes to timeframes, which is going to give you all the stuff that you need to ultimately make best use of your time, as you've said, because then you can determine, is this a qualified prospect? Is this someone we can actually help? Um, And then take it to the next step, whether it's kind of closing, looking to close the deal there and then, or if you're in kind of larger scale, slower sales cycles, then perhaps looking to set up your presentation or your demo or your proposal, however your sales funnel works. Um, And I think as we're coming up for time, Marcus, I think that would perhaps be a good next episode for us. So perhaps on kind of larger (laughs) scale deals, we could talk about how to kind of really run run the presentation process. Mm -hmm. So once we've done this discovery, once we get into kind of setting up the perfect proposal, the perfect presentation to bring the larger scale deals from kind of concept to execution. For sure, man. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. So, I mean, I think in terms of today's episode, one of the, the simplest ways, kind of simplify, kind of tie it all together, right? One of, the, one of the simplest ways and most effective ways to shorten your sales cycle, really in today's time, really any time, is number one, make sure you do the proper homework walking before you, you go into that sales call so you know what you need to uncover. Number two, asking all those right questions just as we asked today to make sure they're properly qualified and really digging deep. Really digging, digging deep. And then number three, having really clear and direct next steps and expectations on both ends. If you do all three like that, automatically you have a shorter sales cycle. You'll close deals faster. You'll have clarity on deals faster, whether it's yes or no. And you get out of that maybe land where you're just smoking that hopium. Yep. 
Too right, man. Well, Larkus, really enjoyed the show, dude. Thanks very much for coming on, as always. And we'll certainly have you back on, like I say, to, to chat through all things, doing the perfect proposal, the perfect pitch, the perfect presentation, which is going to be massively valuable, as we've not touched on that too much just yet on the show. But with that said, please do tell us more about how everyone can connect with you, how they can learn from you, and how they can do business with you, sir. Awesome, man. I appreciate that. So first off, definitely go follow me on LinkedIn. Look up Marcus Chance, the only guy with Speedos and a tagline. I think we discussed on a previous episode. You, you can figure out why there's Speedos <laughs> in there. Uh, and then number two, um, you know, head on my website. I got, I got free training resources on there. Just head to uh, sixfiguresalesacademy.com, sixfiguresalesacademy.com. Head over there. Boom. I got trainings there. I got cool stuff in there. You know, all types of things going to help you sell more 100% free. Awesome, man. And be sure to follow Marcus over on LinkedIn. He recently got the um, sales store, star award. You, you got some kind of award recently, right? Yeah. Yeah. LinkedIn gave me this like top voice award. I mean, it's not big. It's like top 10 out of like 300 million. It's not a big deal. Yeah. Decent, man. But you're putting out quality <laughs> sales content all the time. So hit him up over there. But apart from that, Marcus, thanks once again. Really appreciate you coming on the show, dude. Thanks so much. No worries. Everything will be available for all of Marcus's links over at the website businessgrowth.marketing. And if you enjoyed the show, be sure to hit subscribe, Business Growth Show, wherever the heck you get your podcasts. We interview business leaders each and every week to provide actionable tips across marketing, across sales, all with a goal to help you grow your business and grow your revenue. And with that, we'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks for tuning in.